Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everyone. This is Pastor Nick Plummer with the Beit Tehillah Congregation. We, of course, are doing our weekly podcast, and this particular Torah portion that we're going to be looking at is the great song of Moses. It's called Ha'azinu, Give Ear. This is found in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 1 through 52. Uh, once again, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 1 through 52. Ha'azinu, Give Ear. Brothers and sisters, this is the song of Moses. So what we're going to do is I'm going to go ahead and read this particular chapter and go over it as we read it. That's what we're going to do. Uh, Here it is, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 1. Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak and hear. O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. Wow, my doctrine shall drop as the rain. You know, if you're getting rain, you're blessed. If you're living in Florida, you are blessed. We are not having a drought, folks. We are having plenty of rain uh, in August, and even in September now, we're having a lot of rain. Uh, Verse 3 of 32 in Deuteronomy, Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. Okay, 32 verse 4, he is the rock. Now keep that in mind. He is the rock. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to highlight this. He is the rock, because we're going to get back to this. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. He is the rock, amen. Uh, verse 5, they have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. They are a perverse and crooked generation. Verse 6, do ye thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not he thy father that hath bought thee? Hath he not made thee and established thee? Wow, now he's a father, thy father. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father and he will show thee, thy elders, and they will tell thee. Verse 8. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Wow, he's dividing up the nations. Look at verse 9. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. Wow. Or the cord. Or the cord. And remember, a threefold cord is not easily broken. So this word lot is cord. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance, a special people. See, this goes back to Exodus 19 when he basically says, listen, if you if you hear my voice and keep my covenant, you will be above all people. You will be a peculiar treasure. That is segula in the Hebrew. This is a special jewel. This is not something he puts on his fingers or his neck, like a necklace or whatever, or wears it. He actually holds it in his hand. It is so special, so precious. And look, where did he find the children of Israel in verse 10? 
of Deuteronomy 32. He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. The apple of his eye. You know what the apple of the eye is? The pupil. Do not touch the apple of his eye. Can you imagine that? The apple of his eye. Who's going to poke God in his pupil? Oh, I'm telling you, when you start poking God's eye, you're going to be in trouble. Because once again, the children of Israel are the apple of his eye. Verse 11, as an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. Mount up is like eagle's wings. Have you heard of that? You will run and not grow weary. Think about it. Even the reference to, to wings and fluttering is kind of interesting. What did Yeshua say? As a hen wanted to gather her chicks under her wings. Uh, and, and, and by the way, uh, if you think about uh, King David, uh, he said, I will hide under the shadow of the wings. Uh, those are the wings of the cherubim <clears throat> next to the ark. So how close was King David to this particular uh, piece of furniture, the ark of the covenant? I will hide in the shadow of the wings of the Almighty. That means he was drawing close to the Ark of the Covenant, the wings of the cherubim. Think about it. Isn't that incredible? That's why the fallen booth of David is going to be restored and not the fallen booth of Moses. The tabernacle of Moses is not going to be restored, but it's going to be the fallen booth of David. You can find this in Amos, and I do believe even in the book of Acts. Uh, he's going to restore the fallen booth of David. And what does that mean? It means that we would have access to the Ark of the Covenant. We would have access to the Torah. And that is the fallen booth of David. And that's a whole other teaching in and of itself. So think about this. Uh, it goes on to say in verse 12, So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. Because that's the only God you're supposed to serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He made him ride on the high places of the earth that he might eat the increase of the fields, and he made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of thy flinty rock. Verse 14 of uh, Deuteronomy 32, the Song of Moses. Butter of kine and milk of sheep with fat of lambs and rams of the breed of Bashan and goats with the fat of kidneys of wheat and thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. Wow. But Jeshuan waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. Lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. Once again, in Deuteronomy 32, verse 4, he is the rock. Yeshua, upon this rock I will build my church. Yeshua is the rock. He's the chief cornerstone. So this name for Jeshuan is like the ultimate pet name for Israel. You have Jeshuan, you have Israel, then you have Jacob. So every time you see the word Jacob or the name Jacob, it's kind of like his fallen nature, his fallen state or, or nature. But when you see Israel, Israel means prevailing prince, co-ruler with God. Come on, somebody. You are a co-ruler, right? That's it. You're an ambassador. You shall rule and reign with the Messiah. So they provoked him to jealousy with strange gods, with abominations, provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. Once again, this is a song. Boy, this is a long song, isn't it? Verse 18. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful, and hast forgotten God that formed thee. Wow. 
There's that rock. Of the rock that began, I just got to, I got to highlight this again. I missed it, you know. I was circling and highlighting the word rock, and I found two more examples and instances where the rock is used. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a very froward generation, children in whom is no faith. That's verse 20. Let me read that again. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a very froward generation, children in whom is no faith. Once again, the children of Israel could not enter into the promised land. Why? Because of the breach of the promise. The breach of the promise. See, the ultimate goal, everyone, is to be in the land of Israel. It is to live there. Whether it's today or tomorrow, or he comes to gather us and takes us to our inheritance, the bottom line is the first thing promised Abraham was the land. Three things are synonymous, everyone. The land, the Bible, and the people. Okay? They are all connected together. Now, this is where it gets to be very interesting as we discover God's progressive revelation for his redemptive plan. Once again, a progressive revelation of the redemptive plan of God. So what are we seeing in the nations today? All of these Gentiles are having the Torah written on their minds and their heart, and they're not Jewish. So look at verse 21 of Deuteronomy 32. This is incredible, everyone. This needs to be taught in the church. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities, and I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. Wow, the Jews are going to be provoked to jealousy. Check this out. Look at this. With those which are not a people, and I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. Not a people and a foolish nation. Let's go to Hosea 1.10. This is incredible. No, I'm serious. This is incredible. Hosea 1.10 says, This is unbelievable. I'm telling you guys, this is incredible. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, you are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, you are the sons of the living God. Now think about this, everyone. I have to to interrupt here. I just have to interrupt. Hosea had to marry Gomer, who was a prostitute. And, and she already had established herself unfaithful. And so he marries her, and they have Jezreel, okay? They have a son, Jezreel. And then what happens? What does his name mean? God will scatter. Now, she goes off and has an illegitimate, uh, actually two illegitimate children. She actually has um, Loruhamah, which is, of course, um, if you look at it right here, Loruhamah, she bared a son. What does Loruhamah mean? <laughs> Think about it. What does it mean? It means what? No mercy. Then said God, call his name Loami, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. So Loami, not my people, Loruhamah, no mercy. So there was a time where there was no mercy, and you would not be my people, and God would hide his face. But look at what it says here. (laughs) In verse 11 of Hosea 1, 
Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head. They shall come up out of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. Now, time doesn't permit me to go into the two children who are illegitimate. No mercy, not my people. But let me remind you of this. This is brought out in the New Testament. Both Paul and Peter share this information. So what you're seeing, everyone, is Jezreel is coming up out of the nations. For great will be the day of Jezreel. Come on, somebody. How do you explain this phenomenon? All of these non-Jews, the Gentiles, are having Torah on their minds and their hearts. They're celebrating the Shabbat. They're keeping the feast. They love the Torah. They're spirit-filled. They're born again. They have Jesus. They've been baptized in water. How do you explain this phenomenon? It's already been foretold, everyone. Now, here's the thing. I read Hosea 1.10. I will move them to jealousy, Judah, with those which are not a people. This is verse 21 of Deuteronomy 32. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. Now, now wait a minute. What about Romans 10.19? Does Paul know this? Romans 10.19. You know what's cool about the Torah? You go into the Torah, it takes you right into the New Testament every time. You know the book of Deuteronomy is quoted more than any other book in the Bible in the New Testament. Deuteronomy. All right? So where am I at? i got to get to Romans here. Oh, boy. Romans. Okay, Romans 10.19. This is the Apostle Paul. And who was he sent to? The Gentiles. And what tribe is, is Paul from? Benjamin. Benjamin. He's going to the house of Joseph. Saying, come out of her, my people. Come out of her, my people. Check this out. Romans 10, 19. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. And by a foolish nation, I will anger you. We are provoking the Jews to jealousy because we are returning back with the Torah. Isn't this incredible? This is Deuteronomy 32, 21. In the song of Moses, everyone. In the song of Moses. Think about it. Think about it. I have to continue, continue on in this song. For a fire is kindled in mine anger and shall burn unto the lowest hell and shall consume the earth with her increase and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. I will heap mischiefs upon them. I will spend mine arrows upon them. They shall be burnt with hunger and devoured with burning heat and with bitter destruction. I will also send the teeth of beasts upon them with the poison of serpents of the dust. Imagine the serpents. The sword without and terror within shall destroy both the young man and the virgin, the suckling also with the man of gray hairs. I said I would scatter them into corners. I would make the remembrance of them to cease from among men. Once again, Jezreel means God will scatter. I would scatter them. Were it not that I feared the wrath of the enemy, lest their adversaries should behave themselves strangely, and lest they should say, Our hand is high, and the Lord hath not done all this. For they are a nation void of counsel, neither is there any understanding in them. Wow. Look at it in hindsight. We can see this song played out. Verse 29, oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. How should one chase a thousand and two put, what? And two put 10,000 to flight, except the rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up. Oh my gosh, there's the rock again. 
the rock, the rock, the rock. For their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. Once again, a name for the Lord. He is the rock, the rock of salvation, right? The rock that begat thee. It's all right here. Verse 32 of Deuteronomy 32. For their vine is of the vine of Sodom and of the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of gall. Their clusters are bitter. Their wine is the poison of dragons and the cruel venom of asps. Is not this laid up in store with me and sealed up among my treasures? Oh, verse 35. To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. Verse 36, For the Lord shall judge his people and repent himself for his servants when he seeth that their power is gone, and there is none shut up or left. Verse 37, And he shall say, Where are their gods, their rock in whom they trusted? which did eat the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offerings. Let them rise up and help you and be your protection. Once again, where are their gods or their rock at whom they trusted, see? Because there's only one rock, Yeshua. Upon this rock I will build my church, the Lord says. Verse 39, see now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. For I lift up my hand to heaven and say, I live forever. If I wet my glittering sword and my hand take hold on judgment, I will render vengeance to mine enemies and will reward them that hate me. I will make mine arrows drunk with blood and my sword shall devour flesh. And that with the blood of the slain and of the captives from the beginning of revenges upon the enemy. Amen? This is incredible. This is so incredible, this song. He's going he's gonna to have vengeance. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You know, it's interesting, the, the word Gaal, Redeemer, also means avenger. You know, people get the best of you, let them get the best of you. Because you have an avenger. Yeshua is the original avenger. He doesn't need a whole group of superheroes. He is the superheroes of superheroes, okay? Now, here we go. Verse 43 and 44, very, very good. Rejoice, O ye nations, with his people. For he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance to his adversaries and will be merciful unto his land and to his people. Remember Lo Ruhamah, the illegitimate child? He will be merciful unto his land and to his people. Thank you, Father, for your mercy. Your mercies are new every day, Father. And your word says in Paul's letter to the Romans that if we are grafted in, we are to show mercy to those that have unbelief. We are to show mercy to Judah to the Jewish people. In verse 44, it goes on to say, And Moses came and spake all the words of this song in the ears of the people. He and Hosea, the son of Nun, which is Joshua, the great Ephraimite. Amen. What a great leader, Joshua the Ephraimite. And Moses made an end of speaking all these words to all Israel. And he said unto them, Set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day, which you shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this law. For it is not a vain thing for you, because it is your life. And through this thing you shall prolong your days in the land, whither ye go over Jordan to possess it. Just a reminder, everyone, that Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 1 through 47, is the song of Moses. Okay, 
And of course, we're going to be singing the song of Moses. We find this even in the book of Revelation. But, but what I want to share with you is something incredible. The word rock is found six times in the song of Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 32. Six times the word rock is found. And I find this fascinating. And I'm going to quote to you from the Declaration of the Establishment of the State of Israel on May 14th, 1948, this particular document. I just want to read one little part to you to show you that we are in the last days. It says this, as far as this, of course, this, this of course, declaration uh, of the establishment of the state of Israel. Here we go. Towards the end, I'm going to read it to you. Placing our trust in the rock of Israel. Did you hear that? Placing our trust in the rock of Israel, we affix our signatures to this proclamation at this session of the Provisional Council of State on the soil of the homeland in the city of Tel Aviv on the Sabbath Eve, the fifth day of ER, 5708, which is, of course, the 14th of May, 1948. And there are all the signatures. Once again, let me remind you, six times in the Song of Moses, God is referred to as the rock. And this is what it says. I'm the, right, right out of the document here for their independence. Placing our trust in the rock of Israel. Now we can drop the mic. Think about it. Just think about that. Amen. Continuing on in verse 48, God prepares Moses for death. We're finishing it up here. It's only one chapter. Ha'azinu, give ear. The song of Moses. And the Lord spake unto Moses that selfsame day, saying, Get thee up into this mountain, Abiram, unto Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, that is over against Jericho. And behold, the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel for a possession. And die in the mount, whither thou goest up, and be gathered unto thy people, as Aaron thy brother died in Mount Hor, and was gathered unto his people. Because you trespassed against me among the children of Israel, at the waters of Meribah Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin, because ye sect you sanctified me not in the midst of the children of Israel. Yet thou shalt see the land before thee, but thou shalt not go thither unto the land which I gave the children of Israel. Amen. So think about it, everyone. The song of Moses. You know, it's funny how Moses is disregarded and just forgotten, but the covenant of Abraham is, of course, misunderstood. But let me remind all of you in Revelation 15.3. Let me remind all of you in Revelation 15.3. Check this out. Revelation 15.3. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord, God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Wow. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou art... For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. Check it out, brothers and sisters. Check this out. Are you kidding me? This is incredible. I mean, think about it. We're talking about Revelation 15.3. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. This is a sign of the last days. The Messiah is coming. We are learning the song of Moses, the song of Moshe. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. It's still a great hit. The song of Moses is still a hit. 
So that kind of concludes the Song of Moses. I hope some of you are excited. I only need two people listening to this to be excited. And I want to thank all of you for listening to the podcast because I guess we're going to be closing in on, we got, a, I think, about 150 more podcast listens to break the 7,000 mark. And seven means completion. So I'm shooting for 7,000. You take away a man's dreams, and he has nothing. So I promised you last week that I would share a little bit about the feast days as we are moving towards them. And so I'm going to kind of close out uh, with a bonus package here for some of you that are still listening to the podcast and want to continue on or stop it and come back later. We're going to be hitting the Feast of Yom Kippur. We talked about Yom Teruah. We've talked about the days of all. Now we're going to go into Yom Kippur. Some names, themes, and idioms for Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, how about the Day of Atonement, right? Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement or Atonement. Uh, there's also face-to-face or the day or the great day. There's also the fast. There's also the great shofar, shofar Hagadol, right? And also the nila, which is the closing of the gates. The nila is the closing of the gates as we conclude Yom Kippur, the gates are closed. And which side of the gate are you going to be on? Amen. So Kippur means ransom by means of a substitute. Kippur means ransom by means of a substitute. Once again, for the, of course, this particular feast day, it's a one-day event, 24 hours. Uh, There are two goats of Yom Kippur. Uh, Lots were cast by the high priest for the two goats. One lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat, Azazel. You can find this, of course, in Leviticus Chapter 16, verses 7 and 8. So once again, chapters what? 1 through 17, right, is the way to God. Chapters 18 to 27 is the walk with God. So we're making our way to God, and we're looking at it. Here we go. Uh, One goat is chosen to be sacrificed to purge the shrine of any similar defilement stimulated by misdeeds of the whole Israelite people. Once again, Leviticus chapter 16, verses 7 and 8. So you have two goats. So the one goat is offered up on the altar to, uh, of course, uh, purge the shrine or the, or the place, uh, the tabernacle temple of any defilement, okay? Now, the second goat is sent away, not sacrificed, to cleanse the people themselves. The goat is marked as Azazel and is sent away into the wilderness. Leviticus chapter 16, verse 10. Just a little friendly reminder, uh, if you read the book of Enoch, Where do they get Azazel from? Azazel was the chief demon. He is the chief demon, okay? So this is where you get the whole scapegoat thing. Oh, really, what happened to you, Bob? Oh, I was the scapegoat. I was the scapegoat. It's kind of interesting, you know, uh, when Pilate was going to release a prisoner uh, to the Jewish people, you know, Pilate says, do you want me to release Yeshua, Jesus, to you, or Barabbas? And the people cried out they wanted Barabbas, right? And so once again, what happened? What happened? One man is free. One man takes the fall. So Yeshua is, is of course, our, our sacrifice. He is our propitiation atonement. So here we go, everybody. The main purpose for Yom Kippur is for corporate forgiveness. So we've come through the spring feast, and Yeshua has fulfilled them, and they're being fulfilled. So Yeshua has fulfilled these spring feasts. We've connected the counting of the Omer to Shavuot or Pentecost. Now we go through the summer months. Now we, here we are in the fall feast. I'm, I'm in the days of all right now sharing this with you. We're approaching Yom Kippur. So the main purpose for Yom Kippur is for corporate forgiveness. So as a group, we are redeemed, and now we're being corporately forgiven, and then we're going to celebrate. I mean, think about it, everyone. 
Imagine this. Leviticus 16.34. Now you shall have this as a permanent statute to make atonement for the sons of Israel for all their sins once every year. And just as the Lord had commanded Moses, so he did. Leviticus 16.34. Now this is where it gets to be really, really cool. Yeshua is our high priest. Once again, Yeshua is is our high priest. And we're going to kind of go over the things that happened on the day of Yom Kippur if we were to go back in time in reference to that high priest, uh, earthly high priest. But now we're going to look at Yeshua is our high priest in Hebrews 2.17. Therefore, all right, are you ready? Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Does everybody see that? You do see that. Think about it. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? He's our high priest, right? He makes a propitiation. He goes before the Father. Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Wow. Wow. You know, as we go into uh, Hebrews 10, uh, a new and living way, as we look at a new and living way, as we look at the book of Hebrews chapter 10, it's, it's referencing the Day of Atonement. Don't take it out of context. Read it in context. I'm going to share with you a few verses here. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22. Here we go. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, Yeshua, I love this, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I've got to, I've got to go to Hebrews. I've got, to go, I've got to go to this chapter. I have to. Because this is incredible. So this is verse 22. Notice what it says here. having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What is this talking about? Mikvahs. Listen, everybody. The restitution of all things, the restoration of all things is spoken of in the book of Acts. The Messiah cannot come back until there's restitution in the earth, which is another word for restoration. So if there were mikvahs in the past, there are going to be mikvahs in the future. There's going to be mikvahs today. And I'd like to reference to you John the Baptist, John the Baptizer. People were coming out. He was preaching repentance. People were repenting. They were getting the Torah. They were repenting, and they were doing mikvahs, which means to be immersed. Now, we know when we accept the Lord and we're born again, we have this thing called the baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the name of the Godhead. It's a one-time event. A baptism is a one-time event. It's an outward manifestation going in the water in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, coming out. It's an outward manifestation of what was happening on the inside or what happened on the inside of you. You confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. So this is what's happening. We're doing mikvahs. Amen? We're doing mikvahs, and that's what's happening. We're doing mikvahs before the Day of Atonement. And that's the beauty of it. That is the beauty of it. Look at Leviticus chapter 16, verse 4. He must put on his linen tunic and the linen undergarments worn next to his body. He must tie the linen sash around his waist and put the linen turban on his head. These are sacred garments, so he must bathe himself in water before he puts them on. 
Wow, the high priest is going to bathe himself in water. You know, water is cleansing. The priests would wash their hands and their feet before they even served in the tabernacle. They would do that first. Think about it. I love this, Hebrews 10, 25. We're continuing on. Hebrews 10, remember, is all about the Day of Atonement. Now, keep it in perspective. Don't take it out of context. This is what it says. Not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is about the Day of Atonement. People were disregarding it. They weren't celebrating it. But if Yeshua is our high priest, we have this Day of Atonement. We need corporate forgiveness. We need to celebrate it. Not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some. You're assembling for the feasts. It's a, it's a feast. It's a, it's a convocation, right? The Moed, the Mikra, right? Here's some interesting facts about Yom Kippur. The high priest dressed all in white. Number two, only time the name of Hashem was spoken aloud. Think about that. The only time the name of Hashem was spoken aloud. Number three, the year of Jubilee was announced on this feast. The year of Jubilee was announced on this feast. So if you came to the 50th year of Jubilee, it was announced on the Day of Atonement. Number four, the only feast day that you fast. Number five, the only time the high priest entered into the Holy of Holies. Last but not least, uh, the sixth feast, or the number of man. Of course, not counting the Shabbat, but here you have, of course, the sixth feast, which is, of course, the number of man. Uh, the seventh would be uh, tabernacles. But once again, we're looking at it, okay? In Isaiah 52, 15, here's a prophecy. Thus he will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him. For what had not been told them, they will see. And what they had not heard, they will understand. So once again, in the last days, are you a sheep or a goat? Now, these nations in the last days are going to be judged. Matthew 25, verses 32 and 33. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. At this time, we believe that the United States of America is a sheep nation. We support Israel. We love Israel. Okay, We love the Jewish people. We want to give them help and assist them. Okay, But you don't want to be in a goat nation. The goat nations are going to be punished. Right? Right? Think about it. On the right hand, right, you're going to make it. You know, Day of Atonement, the acronym is DOA. I would say dead on arrival. Let's die to ourselves, everyone. Let's move forward in corporate forgiveness. As, of course, uh, this year Yom Kippur is celebrated as we see it being celebrated soon here. So on Rosh Hashanah or Yom Teruah, it is written, but on Yom Kippur, it is sealed. Listen up, everybody. Cry out to God. Love him. He loves you. Doesn't matter where you're at right now and what you're doing. Look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Spend time alone with him. Just get in a room by yourself and just say, Abba, I love you. I need you. He'll change your life. You're going to be forever with the Father. Why not start now? Why not start a brand new Torah cycle and get through these feast days with great joy as we start over a brand new Torah cycle, a brand new feast cycle and everything else? Why don't you purpose to do that? Get alone with him. He wants you. He desires you. He's waiting for you. 
I want to thank all of you for listening to this year's podcast. We're going to have one more before it's over with. We're going to finish up with Deuteronomy chapter 33 and 34 next week. So once again, once again, look up. Your redemption draweth not. Shalom, everyone.